0: Uh, that, that's what I did with happiness. I, I basically decided that the only way for me to understand how to get myself out of where I am is to look at it as an engineer.
1: Hey, I'm really excited to announce that we're hosting our fifth annual Unbeatable Minds Summit on December 1-3, to 2017, right here in Carlsbad, California. Now, last year we had an amazing lineup of guests my friend Rob Wolf, Jimmy Chin, Ben Greenfield, Jesse Itzler, and others. And this year, we're going to have an unbeatable lineup as well. As a thank you for listening to my podcast, I'm offering you a $250 discount if you want to attend this year's summit. Simply go to summit.unbeatablemind.com. That's summit, S-U-M-M-I-T.unbeatablemind.com. And enter the discount code unbeatable 250 unbeatable 250 that code expires on May 29th so get busy and go enroll today trust me this event is a life-changer who ya hey folks this is commander Mark Devine with the unbeatable mind podcast how are you today thanks so much for your time I do not take it lately I know we have 10 million and one things vying for our attention so the fact that you're listening to this means a lot to me, and I really appreciate it. And trust me, your time will be well rewarded today because my guest is Mr. Mo Gaudet, who and I just literally have been chatting with him uh for a few minutes beforehand. I can't wait to get into this conversation. I'll give you a little bit more of a background on Mo in a moment. But beforehand, a couple updates. One is look for our new SealFit bootcamp program coming out at the end of April or early May. You know, we've kicked the can down the road, uh, which is pretty common with a product launch. But this is a new video program. If you can think of the best of CrossFit without barbells merged with our mental training and delivered like a P90X program through high-quality video, it's going to be spectacular. So you'll be able to get your mental training laced into your functional fitness right from your living room or while you travel. Or, you know, you can do it with your kids and you've got me there coaching you or one of my top coaches coaching you through all the mental drills as well as the, the physical. I'm super excited about that program and uh, we're going to launch that really soon. And I think that's probably the only one I'll, I'll save the rest of the updates for next time. So Mo Gaudet is the, he's the chief business officer at a little company up in Silicon Valley. What's it called again? Oh yeah, Google. Google. <laughs> And he works at a division of Google that goes by the term, uh, the long uh, term X. So he works for Google X, which is, uh, as far as I understand, it's their skunk works. We'll talk more about that with Mo. So they're like the dream team looking for new technologies, working on new technologies. And I imagine like the autonomous cars probably come out of there and whatnot. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's co-founded more than 20 companies. Uh, Mo comes from Egypt. He speaks Arabic, English, and German. And uh, one of the things we're going to talk about today is Mo's fascination with uh, happiness and trying to solve for happiness, and he's an author of a best-selling book called Solve for Happy, which I can tell you right now is going to be an excellent read. I received my copy in the mail today, and I've been thumbing through, and I just can't wait to read it. So we'll, we'll get an advanced look today with Mo. So Mo, thanks very much for your time calling all the way in from Dubai. Super appreciate you being here to share some insights and...
0: Welcome. I'm delighted, delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. I I need to watch out for your program as well. I'm I am actually looking for one of those as we speak.
1: <laughs> for
0: what? A <laughs> mental toughness? <laughs> me, me, no, actually the fitness side as oh. as, as along with uh, with keeping a mental uh, toughness. Yeah, it's yeah. it's been an interesting journey for me on the you know since the book launch and and how I'm morphing my lifestyle to keep up with all of the demand and messages and so on, but keeping and keeping focused. Is actually yeah, you've got to walk your yeah.
1: talk and you're on the move and you know staying super healthy you know is, is really critical for you at this stage for everybody Absolutely. for that matter right for everybody.
0: I totally agree.
1: So um I want to you know obviously circle back to uh the book and spend a lot of time on you know how it came about and and what you've uncovered but we always like to talk about the person not just your ideas. So you know i know that you came from egypt what was life like in egypt as a as a young you know young child or teenager what were your formative thoughts and ideas and what what framed the way you were as a young person and, and those types of things like who who are you and what was your why back then
0: i it's it, it's it's actually incredible how different life is around the world you know as compared to the to the western world right? And, you know the advanced world i in, in Egypt, uh, so I, I, you know, born, raised in Egypt until the age 26. I lived in Egypt and I, uh, you know, my, my mother was an English professor. My father was a distinguished engineer who had very different approaches to life. You know, my mother as an academic really valued books and reading and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And my father being an engineer, really uh, a civil engineer. So so basically in the field, most of the time, truly valued learning in the real world. And so the mix between those two uh, gave me a a, a demanding, let's say, teen years where uh, I read avidly. And at the same time, my father insisted that I travel uh, for summer vacations every year of my uh, teenage years, which taught me quite a lot about the world and the differences in the world. I could simply be termed the luckiest person you've ever met. You know, I mean, uh, chief business officer of Google X is probably one of the best jobs out there. And Sounds like it. I got there from starting in a, you know, public school, public university in Egypt. This, uh, uh, there was a ton of luck involved, of course, a bit of hard work and a lot of de- de- determination. But, you know, uh, definitely there are, there are many other people in the world that would be qualified to be in that place. Why sure. me? Isn't,
1: well, how, how did you get into – well, let's go back. So um, – what were your what were your parents like i mean were they together when you grew up um yeah uh
0: yeah. they they were my uh my dad was uh, so so if you if you want just uh if you manage to uh you know unblend me i am the mix of both of them right so right. so truly in a very interesting way my father was the determined thinker logical you know uh numbers driven mathematical genius hmm. uh, you know process oriented uh, problem solver my mother on the other hand was you know the discipline in the home, but at the same time the creativity, the literature, the, the the care, and and you know and and you mix those two together, and you get an an interesting, um, you know, approach to life. That is, I I probably say somewhere in the middle is my approach. So I'm not very process oriented, but but at the same time quite, you know, a logical thinker and a and a problem solver like my dad, and uh, you know. Uh, I uh, adore knowledge. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's it's truly my biggest joy.
1: Yeah. So you um, you you were a reader. Did you become a reader at a young age?
0: My yeah. My my, my parents uh, basically allowed us to uh, invest more disproportionately in books, and and so I spent the first uh, you know I, I I as I write in solve for happy as of age eight I would uh, save for a few months and go to the one book. Uh, uh, you know, um, exhibition that we had in, in Egypt once a year, we only had one time mm. where you could actually buy a variety of books that are, you know, useful in any way. And, and at, at age eight, the book fair was four days. And so every day I would go in the morning, you know, collect as many books as a, a young eight-year-old can carry and walk back home yeah, you know, spend half of the night reading and, you know, then sleep half of the night to go the next day and collect as many books as I can carry. And I had a very interesting habit for that age, which was to choose a topic of interest every year. Mm-hmm. And I would dive very deep into that topic for, for how a did full you, year. How
1: did you stumble upon that? That's a really interesting idea. I like that. I
0: was not able to feel satisfied with uh, superficial knowledge. Mm-hmm. And and. You know, and and, in a, and some of those topics were quite, like, crazy for a teenager. For In, in my teenage years, for example, I, I dove into relativity and quantum physics very, very heavily at mm-hmm. points in time. And so, I, 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 and then I took that habit, actually, which was one of the best things I've ever done with my kids. I took that habit and, and then I, you know, as my kids were growing up and we were reasonably okay financially, uh, we refused to buy them toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, I remember very clearly that we restricted the number of toys in the case of Ali and Aya and said maybe once a month or once a quarter. But you can buy as many books as you like, mm. and uh, and that completely created two in, very interesting uh, children. Because basically, what they would do is they would. Buy as many books as they can because it was allowed, and the only condition we had is you're allowed to buy another book when you finish the first one. Hmm. And truly, it made a, a tremendous, you know, a, a tremendous difference to the way uh, the way they grew to be again like myself, avid fans of knowledge.
1: Oh, that's terrific! I love that. I wish I'd done that with my son. <laughs> Maybe I can backtrack a little bit.
0: You, 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 can, you can still say uh, I'll, I'll fund books, but uh, I he'll <laughs> pick that up. <laughs> Wonder if that would work
1: starting at seventeen. I kind of I have a little, my doubts about that. So, um, how did you get into entrepreneurship? What what spurred your passion for uh, starting companies?
0: I have no idea. Hmm. Uh, it just it was an itch all along. Mm-hmm. I I really don't know why, but. Uh, especially if to, you know you need to understand i wasn't escaping the the corporate lifestyle you know it we, there are people who will say i will never work for a company i will start my own thing mm-hmm. no no i re- i really enjoyed working for some of the world's leading technology uh, players i worked for ibm and microsoft and did google did you have that
1: fact. corporate career before you became an entrepreneur or no all, all,
0: kind of all, they between? they're always they're always by- parallel so i i always yeah, I always started businesses that had no conflict of interest with the, you know, with the job I was at uh, all through my life, actually. And I never started a business. am not never, but I rarely started a business on my own completely. I always co-founded businesses. You know, so you
1: were you were the the brains or the technical brains, but you didn't you weren't running these companies if you kept a full time job in another place. I,
0: I, absolutely, I I I was always in the uh, if you want, you know, I had a, a style where. At the beginning, I would be very engaged in the setting up the vision and the you know reviews of the products and so on from a say a board member point of view uh, that would eventually end up being a board membership uh, you know for a quarterly meeting or whatever right and you know and, and it worked reasonably well uh, you know it got me exposed to so many industries outside technology and at the same time yeah. uh, allow, allowed me to uh, to indulge in my passion for starting things.
1: Nice. Any uh, any commercial successes out of those that batch of companies that I'm, we might recognize?
0: Not not in the not in the west. So yeah. in in the Middle East we have one of the larger chains of uh, health clubs. We have one of the okay. larger. Yeah, we have a um, large catering businesses and so on.
1: Got it. Oh cool. So how did you end up at Google? Were you recruited by the founders or did you I It was the company get acquired, or what happened there?
0: No, 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 it was super funny. I was, uh, I had just, uh, you know, fulfilled the wish of a member of my team. I, at the time, I was at Microsoft, I ran uh, Eastern Europe, Middle East, and Africa for uh, uh, Microsoft in the emerging market, in the telecom space. Right. And, and I've just fulfilled the wish of one of my team members to move back to Germany. He was German and, you know, he didn't want to travel a lot. And the minute we did that, you know, he got a call while I was sitting with him to be headhunted for Google. And so he smiled and said, no, I'm I'm happy with the job I have right now, but I know the exact right guy. And he handed me the phone. And, you know, <laughs> there you are. So, no kidding. You know, yeah, this is where I tell you luck plays a role sometimes. You know, of course, people will always want to make it look like, you know, they've created their own life. But. Had it not been for, for that friend who just got what he wanted, didn't want the Google job, I might have never been even identified for Google.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that synchronicity, you know, how that works in the world.
0: There is a lot of that in life. And, yeah. you know, if you, expect, if you expect more of it, you get more of it.
1: I think so, too. Yeah, I agree. So what is the, what is life like at Google? Like, Give us a, a sense for what your job is like and some of the things you're working on that you can tell us about.
0: I I work with the smartest people I have ever had the opportunity to work with, who are extremely passionate about their very specific, uh, you know, focuses, mm-hmm. and and these are people that uh, are trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems uh, using technology and uh, what we call a, a moonshot approach. You know, mm-hmm. so so we don't we don't try to uh, to fix road safety by you know, by designing a, a slightly better safety system on a car, mm-hmm. we we would try to to so, to solve road safety by designing a totally different car. And so and so, uh, you know, Google X is known for you know projects like uh, uh, the self driving cars or pro- Project Loon is is you know targeting to offer internet access everywhere in right. the world.
1: That's the balloon yeah. delivered Wi Fi, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Exactly. So so so. Uh, so those kinds of uh, of opportunities uh, to 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 change the world so drastically hmm. that the retur- the returns would make it a, a totally different world. Sure. So it uh, doesn't
1: fit in the business model at all of Google, but they're worth pursuing, and so you do. Uh, yeah, and, really- and, it,
0: and, and, it, and it fits very very strongly in the uh, in the value model of right. Google. So so right. Google as a company grew up you know from a very interesting uh, background where we solved a massive problem that the world had and we we did it well enough that the business success followed right. Right? It, right it wasn't it wasn't about trying to make money on search it was about trying to solve search and so you know because that's part of the of the culture of the company right you didn't not-
1: you didn't they didn't go out into it and try to solve the advertisers problem of how to advertise yeah. through the internet. What they did was try to organize the world's information so, and so then make it searchable. Absolutely. And that's fantastic. Yeah, I get that. So uh, what percentage of the projects that, that X works on actually are viable or end up being viable? What
0: what what, what good is it if I tell you, if, you know, I'm going to have to flash you afterwards anyway so you're going to forget and, and all of the audience will forget. But uh, yeah... <laughs> So, so let's,
1: let's skip we'll, the... We'll uh, just say it's a small percentage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, 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 or it's a percentage. I think it's a percentage, a percentage. Is, 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 a, is, a, is an accurate enough And we
1: could say it's an irrelevant question too. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by my friends at Ample Meal. Now, Ample is a new entrant into the meal replacement market. So essentially, it's a healthy meal in a bottle. What I love about Ample is this is so much more than just a protein shake. It is a complete meal, including fiber, healthy fats, protein and carbohydrates, all in a very convenient plastic bottle that you just shake it up, add water, shake it up, and then you drink it. And not only do you get hydrated, but you actually get a really well-crafted 400 or 600-calorie meal for busy professionals and athletes and warriors on the go, This thing is fantastic. I believe it's going to replace the MRE for the military because it's healthy. It's actually made out of very, very healthy, non-GMO, nothing artificial. You know, the fats are from, like, macadamia nuts and, you know, all sorts of good stuff in this thing. So terrific, terrific uh, new option for those of us who train hard and are busy professionals and sometimes just literally have to grab something and go. So at least we're going to get a complete meal now with Ample Meal. And listeners can use the code unbeatable. If you go to amplemeal.com and for any order over 50 bucks, you're going to get two bonus meals with your order. So go to amplemeal.com, use the code unbeatable for the special two bonus meals. And trust me, I use this every day now. It's, it's become my go-to and I love it. So ample meal is awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you, Connor, uh, for creating this cool new food source. Hooyah out here. All right, let's talk about um, your son, Ali. Um, I read a little bit about uh, uh, him in your book, and then um, I did also watch the podcast you did with Lewis Howe. So it sounds like an incredible young man. So tell us about your son. Ali
0: Ali truly, truly, truly was an incredible young man. I I was blessed with... uh, a son and a friend, and surprisingly, a coach and a mentor. Uh, I, I. I had I had Ali when I was uh, twenty-five, mm-hmm. and so uh, we grew up very close. Uh, you know, played video games together, and played music together, and read a lot together, and laughed a lot together. Uh, but he was just—he uh, was just a tremendous blessing. He was that kind of child that rarely ever cried. Uh, you know, n- literally never. Not a single time frowned in my face hmm. we had an- we had an argument uh, an argument once uh where uh, you know around the time when he was choosing a university, and then I went back and apologized it's hmm. it's that kind. and i he was so so wise he was so wise that by age eighteen, I started to always tell myself, you know. When I grow up, I want to be like Ali and and I I used to, I'm not making this up. And I really, really learned, learned so much from his approach through life. He, he, you know, he had on his back, he had a tattoo that said the gravity of the battle means nothing to those at peace. Mm -hmm. And, and surprisingly, it was the last thing he showed me before he died. Oh, Uh, really?
1: You mean you you didn't know he had the tattoo? Uh, So
0: so I I knew I knew, of course, uh, but when he sat up on his uh, on his on the operating table going to the, you know, to the operation, uh, to the surgery, he uh, you know, he had his scrubs. So so his back was. was Yeah. Yeah. And so and so uh, he sat up on the table and and and, you know, after I I hugged him and said, I'm going to wait for you outside. And then I read this as almost as the last thing he told me before he right. went into the room. And what an advice when you think right. about it, because because four hours later, we realized that we we no longer are going to have Ali. And, you know, the one thing in my mind was the gravity of the battle means nothing to those at peace. And right. and I, Ali lived his life with that slogan. He, he, he did not just, you know tattoo it on his back he truly truly lived his life at with that peace. Mm-hmm. His, you know going through life it seemed that as if nothing was would upset him you know it, so you it was,
1: think he, he came into this world his spirit was that evolved he came in with that wisdom or did he cultivate it okay. as a child somehow
0: I I wish I knew. I, I have to say I'm doing a ton of research on the spirituality sides of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, w- I wish I knew, but uh, but w- what I know is, you know, when I had a challenge at work or in you know in, in with a friend or whatever, I would go to Ali and I would sit with him and I would tell him my story and he would sit sit there and say nothing <laughs> for as for as long as I'm talking and then you know around maybe 10 minutes later he would ask a question when i'm done and you know another question and then he would say five words and like and and you go like wow <laughs> <laughs> why 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 didn't i think of that it's, right. you know and 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 you know and and it was really um, when when we lost him it, the the tough thing really was that when when Ali left, the first thought that came to my mind is, I need to ask Ali what to do about this. Th- that was how uh, how he became a pillar almost yeah. uh, of my life. Wow!
1: So, for the listeners who don't know the story, Ali died with a rel- at a relatively routine medical procedure that went wrong. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Appendectomy Ep- or something like that.
0: An appendectomy and yeah, appendectomy, and, and and it was uh, a few mistakes in a row actually yeah. that led to where he is
1: now. Cascading failure. Yeah. that happens far too often, I understand, in our medical uh, world. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I,
0: In in in, in for Happy, I you know I I talk about that actually, and what part of the research is that in the U.S. a third of all, uh, mortalities are due to medical, uh, malpractice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because I, I, this is one area where technology actually, just like with autonomous cars already, you know, U- Uber and Lyft are already, you know, reducing highway deaths, but autonomous cars will make that huge. And now in, in, in medical profession, robotic surgery and artificial intelligence will have a, a similar effect, I think, right?
0: But but I I would I would hope so, and I would hope in your lifetime and mine, it yeah, yeah. uh, it wouldn't be that far away.
1: So, did this set you, Ali's, um, your experience with Ali and his tragic death? Did this set you on the course to study the meaning of life and happiness, or were you already deeply steeped no.
0: into it? <laughs> I, I I started I started much earlier. As a matter of fact, my model of happiness was uh, was developed with Ali. So oh, so I interesting i was uh, that typical example of someone whose life has blessed, you know who life has blessed with so many fortunes mm-hmm. who was constantly complaining and miserable uh, so so at, at my very early uh, you know my my late 20s i had already been financially successful uh, you know been doing very senior jobs for my age on top of that i was a day trader who managed to make tons of returns in the market because of my Passion for mathematics, if you want, mm-hmm. and and I had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful wife who gave me two amazing kids, mm-hmm. and I was complaining all the time. <laughs> I was
1: uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I know I, what you're saying, that's that's so it, common, it, though. I mean, it's like you're it not is so woman, common, right?
0: yeah. and, you, and you'll be surprised. I mean, you, you you would think about it as, yeah, I wish I had what he had, and then I'll see if I complain or not. But the truth is, most of us have so much more than the average human on Earth, right? Uh, I mean, most of the Western world, I mean, uh, you know, uh, what you consider poor in the U.S. could be considered, uh, yeah, at least reasonably okay in in other parts of the world, right? right? And yet, and yet we complain all the time. Uh, you know, now the interesting uh, thing is, is, so I started to, you know, in, uh, you know, I started to try and read myself out of the problem that, you know, I, I, we, when we started the conversation, I, I just read all through my life. So I started to read myself out of the challenge of depression, if you want, and I completely failed uh, mm. for two and a half, for two and a half years, I couldn't get a single word of yeah, what I, was it makes there.
1: sense to me because I, that's my experience. You can't think your way out of the paradigm that that caused your <laughs> your unhappiness right so uh,
0: until until I started to reframe the problem right. so you know like like you you go at the you know you we were talking about your yoga program that mm-hmm. is that you you go uh, at it with, a, with a, a slight you know with a with a different a fresh perspective and you come up with something very different right uh, that, that's what I did with happiness I, I basically decided that the only way for me to understand how to Get myself out of where I am is to look at it as an engineer. Mm-hmm. So, as an engineer, I started to uh, work on the topic uh, very differently. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't about the practice or the sp- spirituality side of it anymore, or you know, positive it was, psychology or anything like that. Uh, it, n- none, none of that. It was about let's define the problem statement, let's find the algorithm that triggers certain mm-hmm. actions and how it works. Basically, understand how the machine works, right. and then and then let's find out. What went wrong with the machine? I was a very happy young man until age 25, 26. And and then I started to grow out of happiness, which in an engineer's mind means either something went wrong with the machine. There is a part that needs replacement. Or Or the the machine was wrong, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The machine is not fit for the environment in which it's operating anymore. Right, so you know, it's like it's like you have a, a car, but now you need snow tires if you want. Right? No, I you know uh, I
1: totally get that, and I often say with unbeatable mind, you know, you, if you're not upgrading your software, you know, as your hardware upgrades, then you're kind of gonna get, you know, you're gonna get stuck, and this is how we end up in a fixed mindset because people won't upgrade their software because they don't really know where to download the new software. <laughs> it doesn't and, come to and, you and, automatically,
0: and that that is exactly exactly what I set out to do. So so in my view, I said look, as, as sophisticated and unpredictable humans are, there seems to be a basic set of software. Uh, you know, it, it, it does, it, 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 I, w- I don't want to call it lines of code, but it could even be lines of code be, if you yeah. want. And, Using and, the
1: matrix and it, uh, kind of theory. Right? There, there, you go, right? Right?
0: Yeah. there you go, right? There you go. And so basically, I when I set out to solve the problem, I gave myself a weird target. I said, is there a way where I can write 15 lines of code and run them every time I feel unhappy and they'll make me happy again. (laughs) And so, and, and surprisingly I actually found it. So, so I, I, I found an interesting, so, so, so humans, wherever we are, whoever we are, have a common view of what makes us happy and what makes us unhappy. In my, in my analysis, I found that that overwhelming feeling of suffering mm-hmm. truly is a survival mechanism right so it is you know if you've ever been in one of those cars where you have very sophisticated technology you know mechanical and electronic and so on and then you have that little you know lamp on the on the dashboard that says engine check mm-hmm. it's like if, if anything goes wrong with that entirely you know collaborative sophisticated piece of technology you get that one alarm that says do something about it. That that <laughs>
1: right. that, 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 that one alarm. It's, it's supposedly, it's, there's someone out there who knows what to do.
0: <laughs> that's the problem, right? The problem. So, so that that one alarm in our case, humans, is a feeling of unhappiness, of unrest, of worry, of anxiety. Right. Of right, it's your brain having gone through a a pile of information, sensory information, analyzed it, looked at your current condition, and said. Let's switch on the lamp. Yeah, something's wrong, something's right? right. The, the problem is we, as you rightly said, we don't have the manual of how to analyze that issue and fix it, right? right? But it's surprisingly predictable. I, 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 you know, I, I, I believe that um, we as humans in the modern world, you and I, uh, who are uh, you know, the, the ones I call modern-day warriors, the ones that go out there, and have to engage in life, they don't have the opportunity to do a eat pray love, right? We cannot go and sit in an ashram somewhere. Right. For for, for, for those kinds of humans, we are instructed to uh, learn certain skills in life that make us successful. Right. But but as they make us successful, they force us to treat life in a way that is not exactly what life is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I call them illusions. You know, there, there are six illusions that we master dealing with without without understanding their nature to start with. Yeah, without right? ever
1: investigating them. Exactly.
0: Absolutely. And so and so, like any other piece of technology, if you know it works reasonably well as long as times are okay. But right. when times go, when times become challenging and demanding, because you don't understand the nature of the illusion. You completely fail at true. dealing with it, at that, and that's when you start to become unhappy.
1: Yeah, I love that. Oh, by the way, I've been to quite a few ashrams, and the majority of the people there are not happy either. So. Oh, is that true? It's true. <laughs> okay, that's news. They're just hiding. Uh, yeah, before, it's, 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 it's <laughs> secret here. Maybe I'll sprinkle some of your books at the ashrams, and they'll they'll be discovered. So um, before I want I want to penetrate some of the illusions and. Um, and some of your you know blind spots. We talk about blind spots in, in our training, and I love your truths. I don't know if we'll have time to get into you know a discussion about death and spirituality, but I'd love to. But um, let's start with the algorithm. I can I can say that um I've actually already I just fact checked the algorithm in my mind against um my own life experience. I can say it is actual it actually works. So the algorithm is correct. So if I read it correctly, is happiness is greater than or equal to Your perception of the events in your life minus your expectations of how life should behave. So is that correct? So when I was I was unhappy, also in my early 20s, I was a CPA, right? Sort of a public Hmm. account working, you know, on on Wall Street area with clients like Drexel Burnham and Salomon Brothers working for Arthur Anderson, and I felt that light was on and it was flashing like something was wrong, yeah. And and it was um it was Zen meditation through my martial arts training that got me to slow down and sit down and then to turn the flashlight inside instead of you know constantly outside doing whatever. And I, and that's when I started to examine some of what you call the illusions. And out of that two year process came a, a, basically my purpose, you know, what the mm-hmm. Buddhists would call your Dharma. My purpose to be a warrior which then led me into the Navy SEALs and every, you know, because the perceptions of the events in my life weren't matching the expectations I had as a CPA, when I shifted it and set different expectations, both for who I was, what I was meant to do, how I was supposed to fulfill, then the events of my life, not only did they change, but my perception of my role and how is going to you know navigate those events change. And, and all of a sudden I've never been unhappy since then I have ups and downs I have pain and suffering but never a sense that I don't belong or that there's not some peace inside of me so that that simple equation is 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 right there that's pretty much all you need I mean it's nice to have some other information to work on but
0: <laughs> it, it's it it really is uh, the basics of how a machine works yes, right yes. so 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 the machine. Uh, we, we were just talking about, you know, how some of us in the Western world are so blessed compared to the rest of the world. Right. Yet we we look at the events of our life and say, "No, I don't like it." Right? right? Louis C.K. in his in 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 his stand-up talks about, you know, how we complain so much if we're 40 minutes late in right. on the runway, right? Of a of a of a trip from New York to California, yeah,
1: which used to but, take but, six weeks. <laughs> exactly
0: and, and, you know when when you really have to think about it you you it, it used to take six weeks or if you're like a couple of hundred years earlier, it would have taken you a lifetime and you would have absolutely died on the way right it's like, you know, and, and so so we compare that and we start to complain we 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 are you know we we complain about my boyfriend said this or my girlfriend said that when in reality some people are running for their life and and because we somehow Always compare events to expectations. The challenge is that expectations keep, uh, you know, rising uh, every time they're met, and and we find something else to worry about. I mean, what else would your brain sit there and do if if there is no nothing to worry about anymore, right?
1: Right. We're wi- um, we're wired to worry.
0: We are, and, and yeah. actually, scientifically, so two thirds of your of the neurons in 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 your amygdala, uh, for example, are actually targeting to find negative events 60 to 70 percent of all of our incessant thoughts as humans is negative
1: right yeah Yeah. absolutely And so we've got to step out of that rational and step into something more perennial um in in an ability to take control of that rational and to override those negative thoughts and
0: and 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 that truly is one of the keys i mean one of the six grand illusions in my you know that i discuss is again something that is so in you know ingrained in us uh, as we navigate the modern world because of the value that thought has brought to our civilization right. we equate thought to our own existence we, right. we we use the term i think therefore i am right. right so you have that little voice in your head speaking all the time right. for many for many of us there are several of them speaking at the same time right. all the time right, right. And, and 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 you and you you listen to it because right. you think it's you you, th- I, you think that this is me yeah. analyzing the world. It's but, not at all. Descartes
1: it's, had it ass backwards, didn't
0: he? <laughs> you know, it's, really, it's incredible, really, because truly, truly, and I, I say that with respect, it truly is just a biological function like your colon. I, you know, your, col- yeah. your colon is supposed to create crap, and this is... <laughs> you,
1: know, you, know? Yeah, you don't say my colon creates crap, therefore I am. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. and, and, and,
0: and, and this thing sometimes creates amazing thoughts but most of the time it's creating more crap and right you listen you listen to it and so and, well, you, you know believe
1: it you listen and believe and, and,
0: it. and you believe and you associate right. with it and right. you obey it right right exactly. and so so imagine if you know for a second i i provide the ton of You know, of uh, scientific research to show you that truly the thoughts in your head are just your brain offering you a a slightly intangible biological function, which is thoughts. Right. Right. But if if you just follow that logic for a minute, suddenly, if you if you realize that all of of that noise in your head that's making you suffer is just a biological function you don't obey anymore you know if, mm-hmm. if someone sends you an annoying email and the first the first thought that pops up in your head is i'm going to shoot them right you you don't <laughs> obey you go like okay brain thank you you know it's right? a via, it's a viable alternative i'm not saying it's mathematically right. there not might doable be but, yeah. but can, can we do another one can you get me another one right, right. and then and then surprisingly things become easier because right. we're trained in the modern world to tell our brains to do what we want them to do. We just don't exercise that right when our brains torture us with useless thoughts.
1: Right. Yeah. I love that. And my perception is that the brain has, um, you know, five kind of dominant ways that it works and thinking is one of them, like this active thought neocortex getting busy and thinking, you know, the monkey mind. Another is, um, actively accessing our memory which usually gets confused as thought you know this is where we get into the past Mm. and and future because you know we can remember something in the past or we can imagine a future which is kind of like remembering a future so now we're getting the third which is imagery Mm. which is you know Mm. all these are in different areas of brain and then sleep is another one which is very dreaming i mean sleep dreaming very different function that doesn't really have memory associated. It doesn't really use visual imagery. It doesn't really require thought. It's something completely different. But mm-hmm. the fifth is the most interesting to me. And this is one of the, when I teach seals, I try to teach them to access this and it's direct perception or what we call the witness. Now this mm-hmm. is the part of you that you're talking about. That's connected to the deeper, more authentic or higher self or, soul if you will or whatever there's a lot of different words we can use to describe that that can you know if you look at that as a function of mind that's how we'll communicate with and take control of the thinker when you ask
0: yeah and and, and and even within thought itself so I definitely you know uh, the the five, the five types are so interesting for, for me specifically dreams dreams is is a, is a big part of my research right yeah, now it's because right? it's so fascinating mm-hmm. truly and we know very little about it and but but even within thought itself, within the act act of thinking, you have what i you know you have what I call useful thinking and useless thinking right sure. yeah. so you useless thinking is all of that you know noise happening in the background mm-hmm. with you doing nothing about it, making you feel bad, and having zero impact on the real world right so so li- literally, you know, if your boyfriend told you something that, that that annoyed you and you kept thinking about what he said for the next four and a half years. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's, he's not going to find gonna out. Until you tell him, right. Yeah, right? Exactly, right. He's just going to have to guess and probably gets wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you know, if on the other hand you go like, "Why did this annoy me? What can I do about it?" Right. That level of awareness moves your thinking to the youthful side of your brain. You're uh, you're either experiencing the world for what it is or solving a problem, right? And and when you're solving a problem. You're engaging in useful thinking that happens in a different part of your brain, right. and does and doesn't cause you that suffering uh, that, that incessant thinking uh, causes you. Mm-hmm. Moreover, moreover, it gets you closer to a solution. So, so by solving the problem, what you're really doing is you're saying, okay, now I have an answer. Now I'm going to do something about it. So I'm going to stop that suffering cycle mm-hmm. that we go through. And the suffering cycle, again, is a survival function. Like, sure. you know, your your brain sees something that it feels is wrong. It lights the, that little lamp on the dashboard and says, hey, by the way, feel bad because I want you to pay attention to this. And then you do nothing about it. And so what does your brain do? It brings it up again and says, right. hey, by the way, we still have a topic we need to talk about. Your boyfriend said this, right? Right. And then, you know, or and, and, and the suffering happens and then you do nothing about it. And then it happens again and happens again. Right. right. So 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 that that kind of managing the thoughts in our brain, you know, would beat that one of the grand illusions, which is the illusion of thought.
1: That seems to me to be the grandest of the illusions, which is might uh, be why you last is number or this is number one, because with thought, then we can if we get we control of the thought in a positive sense, then we can start to acknowledge the truth about self, uh, the limitations of knowledge. These are the other illusions you list. Take a a little bit different uh, approach to our understanding of time. Know what we control or can't control or don't control and also uh, penetrate what fear is. All this begins with taking control of of thought
0: so, so so that definitely the 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 illusion of thought truly is the three the steering wheel of the rest right. of the machine right. if you want okay. but but they all they all play into each other in For interesting sure, ways so so I, I you know with you with your warrior training you realize how fear right. uh, as uh, in my view I, I i also say fear is an illusion because it's okay. normally much more exaggerated Sure. Than the truth that you're fearing, right? right? But that plays back into your thoughts and right. this, this you know, distracts the clarity of your thinking in a way that may that may may generate more fear or may generate more uh, urge for control, which is a third illusion. And each of them plays the other in an interesting right. way, so that your so that your brain ends up with that fog that it maintains, right? Uh, because because it's a good way to operate within that fog. Fog means we need to do something about it. I'm concerned with your survival. Just let me run the show.
1: Sure. Which is ignorance. When we when toad, we ignore reality. right? Toad. This podcast episode is brought to you by Organifi. Now, we all know that green juice is good for us, but juicing is a pain. It costs a fortune and it's super time-consuming. At least that's my story. Uh, I don't juice. So that's why I opt for Organifi Green Juice as an alternative because it's super easy super tasty it's an organic superfood green juice powder just add it to your water and stir it up it dissolves almost immediately drink it and it will help sustain your energy throughout the day it'll reduce stress over time and best part is it really tastes good so check it out to get your micronutrients from a superfood green juice use Organifi I think stuff is great Go to Organifi.com, and these guys are super generous. I know the founder, and they have offered a 20% discount to you on your order. So go to Organifi.com, use the code UNBEATABLE at checkout, and get 20% off your order. And uh, that link is also listed below in the show notes of this episode. Organify.com. hoo ya. That's fascinating. Um, there's so much to say on this topic, but one thing that, that popped in my head: is we work a lot with energy, and you know, one of one of my mentors, you know, just I've never met him because uh, he's no no longer with us. Is uh, Dr. Uh, Hawkins? Uh, power versus force, fascinating. Mm. Uh, this guy was knighted by the Queen of England for his work, and he talks about the continuum of energy from the lowest negative form, which is shame, to the highest positive, which is like ultimate, you know, universal love. And he's able to, using kinesiology, actually grade different types of energy. And he says right around uh, the, the, the line between negative and positive is courage. It's very interesting. Hmm. Everything above courage is positive. Everything below courage is negative. I've thought a lot about that because now let's relate that to how the mind works. When the mind is un, not under your positive control... The energy of the thinking is negative Mm. because of the negativity bias that, you know, Mm -hmm. is is part of our DNA structure or part of our, you know, the way that we evolved as humans. And so we have this insensitive negativity bias, which keeps us in a negative energetic state, which is below courage. And so one of the things we teach our uh, trainees is to what we call feed the courage. Well, first, stoke courage. How do you do that? You have to interdict the negative and replace it. Forcefully with positive thinking, which you then Mm -hmm. practice and you drill Mm -hmm. and you train over and over, and over time, now you start to rewire your brain. And like you said, I didn't know this, but you're actually shifting, you know, from a neuroplastic standpoint, where the region of your brain that's doing the thinking, and that's the positive region. And now absolutely,
0: and 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 surprisingly, your negative the the negative thought parts will diminish over time. So they, you know, and this is proven by MRI that people who Meditate regularly to the point where they're able to shut down their incessant thought and fo- fo- you know focus on the experiences of the world. Will have totally different structure. That's brain fascinating,
1: structure. yeah.
0: It's fascinating. Yeah. Now, now, you know the 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 interesting side of you know how how our brain works as well is how it it, it mixes up information. You, you you were saying you force it to go and look for the positive, right? So that's so interesting because again we're trained to look for information we're we're trained to look for the full truth right. but then come then comes those blind spots right. uh, that yeah. that that basically completely makes your brain think that it sees the truth right but the reality you know as I, as I write in solve for Happy is that i dare you that your brain has never ever 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 told you the truth? Ever?
1: <laughs> I think that's probably accurate.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah and, so
1: and, many cognitive biases, and you know everything from we call that the "boo" background of obviousness. That yeah. you list, you know, natural filters we have, right? Like uh, confirmation bias would be a natural filter. Or if I'm I'm a white guy from upstate New York, and so I'm going to see that I'm going to see the world through that filter and that lens. That's your and so assumptions, predictions. I love the mem, we work a lot with memory because I read a stat which can't possibly be validated, I don't think, but someone was saying that like nearly 80% of the, the way we access memories or the, the memories we access are flawed or false. I, 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 I would say 100%. Oh, no kidding. Fascinating.
0: Uh, but but, but, yeah. but that's, that's because that's for a very interesting reason. Your memories are not really what happened. Right. They are—they are what you think happened.
1: Yeah, it's a stored thought,
0: and right. and what you think happened, unfortunately, is constantly affected by
1: all of the biases, by all the other biases, right, and by the negativity of your your thought process,
0: and, and and by what, yeah, what I what I say, what I call your brain's tendency to be grumpy.
1: You know, <laughs> I love that. So we, since the unbeatable mind, we do talk a lot about blind spots and and ruts and um, emotions. I'd like to jump to your ultimate truths because we're running out of time and this is where things get really interesting. I think in my opinion, do you believe or what are your thoughts on death as a, as a truth? What's true to you about death?
0: Death is even more true than life. You you know that for certain, right? You mm-hmm. you know, you know that you will eventually die. You, you, you can never tell if you're going to live another day, right. you know, and and we have 7.2 billion people on the planet and average life expectancy of, say, 70 years now, there goes 100 million people a year for the rest of your life, right? right? And, you know, we we have different cultural views of death that are, again, very skewed in the Western world to... Uh, uh, sort of let's not talk about it if you want but in, right. in the rest of the in the rest of the world there are reactions to death that are very different they, they range all the way to celebration where you know in the Sufi tradition or in Mexico for example there are celebrations. this this celebrations and right. and 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 here is my uh, Of course, but by the way so, so this was the before Ali left I had not actually researched that topic so heavily. But but then my research on death, uh, again, like the rest of the book, was not from a spiritual point of view. It was true and deeply from a very scientific point of view. I cite very, very serious scientific facts uh, from quantum physics to the Big Bang uh, and, you know, and basically and, 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 and theory of relativity for sure. And basically show you that life has very little to do with the physical, that life itself must have existed before the physical and will exist beyond the physical. Uh, There is, I have very little scientific doubt about that. Yeah, I agree with you.
1: It seems statistically almost impossible, as as statistically as impossible as it could possibly get for life to have evolved from just some explosion called the Big Bang, and then poof, we're here four billion years ago or later. It, you know, I'm not a mathematician, but it just seems highly implausible. So, I, so, I, so I, I
0: offer the concrete mathematics of that. Uh, so, so the, the fifth, the fifth truth in my in my book is uh, is what I call the truth of the grand design. That this okay. this this is not random. Okay, yeah. uh, you know that that I, you know as much as I admire science, science uh, knows very, you know, the, the, the science would focus on very uh, specific slivers of of, of the of a of a specific topic and uh, simply if you plug in the numbers uh, into theories like the big bang the you know evolution and natural selection which by the way are all scientific facts right right it's 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 wrong to say that evolution doesn't take place evolution does take place yeah but if you put in the numbers and you and use simple mathematical probabilities i, I simplify them as much as i can you know, it's not mathematically plausible at all that this just happens through
1: randomness. And that's, you, you and know, I, what I what I loved you said, that that's not even taking into account uh, the chaos theory, that, you know, everything can be going along exactly, swimmingly and all of a sudden a meteor h- hits I, I and use, everything I, stops. I,
0: exactly. I, I I use that very heavily. So, so, th- so think of it this way. You have a system that is rigged to break, right? You, right. you know, entropy and, and chaos theory t- tells you that our world is not trying to you, you know to keep what works it's trying to break things down you know right. you, you can see you can see an egg break but you don't see an egg unbreak even though <laughs> mathematically by the way if I drop a glass uh, uh, you know on, on the on the floor and it breaks mathematically one plausible scenario is that all of the pieces will come together perfectly so that the molecular, molecular forces pull it back together into a glass. It is a viable. Mathematical option, but how probable is it yeah. and I really think that's the, that's the true question right. uh, you know, you know and, 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 and the real the real trick is that most of the theories that talk about randomness being the creator of our uh, universe and everything in it ignore to factor in t mm-hmm. time right. you know we, we, you know they, they will all assume that if you have an infinite amount of time you'll be able to you know, try and try and try until one of those scenarios happens. But we didn't have infinite time. We had 13.7 billion years since the universe started. We had 4.3 billion years since Earth, uh, you know, came into shape. And then we had, uh, you know, around uh, 1.3 billion years until the first glimpse of life. And the species that we say we've evolved from had 200 million years. Uh, While 200 million years might sound like a very long time compared to our you know 35 uh, 30 45 minutes podcast it really is not uh that much time when it comes to the to the to to creating someone as sophisticated as you it's not at all
1: right now it would take trillions of years probably yeah interesting um, i read go, some going,
0: going back going back to death because i you know we jumped from death to design very quickly right. so so I, I, I boiled down my my view of death uh, to this that death is not the opposite of life death is the opposite of birth right you, you you know like a video game you come to this level of the game through a portal that we call birth mm-hmm. and you leave this level of the game through a portal that we call death yeah but but the player is alive before and after
1: just in another level, another dimension.
0: A, a different a different dimension. a different dimension, yeah.
1: That's fascinating. And, um, and I, I like that theory, and it, it kind of jives with some of the research I've been doing. Um, I read somewhere, and you probably know this better than I do, and we, we referenced the matrix earlier, but that it, that it's like, and since you're a mathematician, that is it's statistically impossible that we're not in a simulation.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't want to talk about this because we can talk for hours on this
1: <laughs> <laughs> isn't that incredible it's I mean because again if you think like I'm not saying that we're in a big computer game but let's say the concept of the notion of God right the intelligent designer that pre-existed the big bang and you know there might be just this could be happening over and over and over right and so we are truly just experiencing one level of the manifestation and when, like you said, we graduate to the next level, then there we are. We're in the next. We're in another simulation, and there might be multitudes of simulations or parallel universes. It's uh,
0: you know, it's uh, there, there are very very concrete characteristics to the way we go through life that are very very uh, you know analogous to a simulation. To be honest, to 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 a video game, um, and so 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 I uh, you know I I boil down my philosophy of life uh, after Ali left actually to a video game analogy. I, you know, I, I use the story in, in the death chapter about how me and Ali used to play uh, Halo together. And, you know, Halo is a game where you're master chief, you're in a war and you're, you know, a, a, a very renowned veteran who knows how to go through the game. And, you know, if you, if you had sat next to us, Uh, and just focused on the tv screen you would think that this is horrible this is torture you know to think you know everyone is shooting at you you're being squished by cars and there are explosions (laughs) everywhere and smoke and then you you slip and fall into lava and you know it's like really horrible but eventually me and ali would put our controllers down and say wow that was fun right and (laughs) and and you know you take that analogy and you start to think about it if if you tend to believe that this, this physical form is not the extent
1: right.
0: of, of who you really are. And again, I, I provide a lot of scientific, not, not spiritual uh, right. evidence for that. Um, you know, then, then so what if, you know, you, you, get slapped on the face twice going through this level of the game, who cares? Right? right. It's, you know, and, 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 Ali, Ali had an incredible approach, uh, you know, which really stuck with me. So, I, I'm a good gamer. Ali is a legendary gamer, right. right? He's, he's a serious video gamer. And, and so,
1: well, cause he when, leveled up way before you.
0: <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> I still have work to do. And, 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 you know, and, and he would, when we would play, I would, you know, strategically like a businessman trying, try to find the shortest path through the level. Right. right. And, and Ali would run to the areas where there are explosions and smoke and, you know I I would say Ali the end of the level is here let's just go this way And he would go like papa but then the level ends this is where all the fun is where
1: the action is
0: you know is. you you know you know this is where you develop and grow this is where you become a better gamer and right. that's such an interesting view if you apply it to life I because
1: love that. Yeah. you know what
0: what's the point in rushing to to the end of the level you know it's yeah it, actually and, where and, and... you
1: work and in parallel, why avoid the challenge? Because that's where the lessons are. That's where life is, right? And, we, and that's we, where the fun is big, as well. Right. Yeah.
0: That's I mean, awesome. th- think about it this way. How, how boring would it be if you're playing a video game and all you have to do is push the forward button from the beginning of the level for around 17 minutes and 17 minutes later, you're done. It's like, what's right. the fun in that? Right? Right. So li- life to, has to train you, like you, you said at the beginning of our conversation, it needs to push you when you're a cpa and not in the right place it needs right. to push you so that you develop to be the true potential gamer that you have the potential to be
1: right and you believe that everyone has a unique path Absol- or a unique thing they're supposed to do absolutely
0: yeah. I, I i i'm do. disappointed that many of us are 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 blinded by the modern world to forget to chase that path right, right. But I, but I will absolutely guarantee you that each of us has a level purpose. If you want again the video game analogy, right. there is something that you need to achieve in this level. And when you achieve it, by the way, you may not necessarily care if you stay longer in the in the game or not. You right. could, but you could just to enjoy it, right? Sure. And 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 surprisingly, small or large, uh, you know, you don't have to be Steve Jobs and, and invent the iPhone to to say that I had a life purpose. Right. Some of us. Some of us will have one word that is said in the right way yeah, at the right time to, life, right? that would completely change someone's life, who changes 10 people's life, who right. changes the world, right? And and unfortunately, we we get so preoccupied with the necessities of the modern world that we forget to search for that purpose.
1: Right. What was the... Um, the quote on Ali's back, again, that you saw before... The, the, he, the,
0: the gravity of the battle means nothing to those at peace.
1: The gravity of the battle... I'm going to tweet that out. I just started tweeting myself. Isn't that crazy? I was really <laughs> jealous of, of Mr. Trump that he got the tweet all the time. So I decided yeah. to do it myself. The battle. The gravity of the battle is nothing...
0: Me, means nothing to those at peace.
1: Means nothing to those at peace. I should have had you write this down that's incredible. Um, so your your moonshot right now is to make a million people happy. Ten million. Ten million. Oh, yeah. sorry, I shortchanged. Well, what difference does it make
0: if if I make one person happy? It's an amazing achievement. Yeah, but no doubt. <laughs> you know, mo- moonshots, moonshots, you shoot for the moon. So Absolutely. I'm 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 aiming for Ten, 10 million I I I don't know if that's you know doable or not but if it does happen can you imagine that's if, true. if we make, I
1: know it's, I think it's doable
0: and and it would and it would change the world because hopefully those 10 million will not only be happy for themselves yeah. but will also join the motion join the movement and and hopefully make 10 million happy each of them so we'll we'll see
1: we'll see a tsunami of happiness I love I that would well hope- we definitely aim to support you in that mission, and um, both personally and, and I'm sure the tribe. So um, the book, your, your book is Solve for Happy, like solve the equation for happy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can get it anywhere they sell books. And your website where people can go uh, tell you if they've become happy by either listening to this podcast or reading your book or, you know, um, maybe that you've shed a little happiness in their lives or brought a little happiness where is that where do they, where can they go to find so
0: me? so so uh, you you can find me on solveforhappy.com.
1: for uh, okay
0: but but also uh on facebook.com slash salt for happy and uh you know twitter is at salt for happy and uh you know um youtube is youtube dot com slash salt for happy okay uh, uh youtube will have uh, a lot of very useful content so you know my mission is to you know is to spread happiness rather than sell books so yeah, right. oh I, sh- I shouldn't say that my publisher would be unhappy but you know uh, 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 spread, spread well happiness. let's put it this way if if you can sell, sell
1: 10 million books you'll probably make 100 million people happy so let's i'm gonna up your game let's sell 10 uh, million no, books. No,
0: let, let, let's get to 10 million and i promise i will not stop but don't, don't don't raise my quota. I'm a I'm a salesman. I you know, I worry, I worry when you give me a higher quota. You're going to need another
1: 6 months off from Google X. <laughs> I hope
0: so. I hope so. If it, if it if it takes 6 months more, I would give it my life to be honest. I mean, if you if you just read some of the messages I get and how how amazing it is to just open someone's eyes to what your brain's been doing to you for so long or what your perception of time has been doing to you for so long. It's Mm -hmm. just amazing, truly.
1: That's awesome. I agree. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for all you do. And, um, thank you for your time today, Mo. And, uh, super nice to meet you. Absolutely. Same here. I loved our conversation. Thanks for the time. Likewise. We, we have, I know you're super busy, but I'd love to recruit you, uh, to speak at our annual summit someday, uh, either this year or next, if you ever have an opportunity or if, if you can find yourself on the West coast, of course, Diego? yeah. I, I am. Uh, I mean, I, I I live in California.
0: Okay. You know, at least a third of the year. So, uh yeah.
1: Let me know when I would be honored. Okay, be I'll, I'll have Allison reach out. It's it's the first weekend in December. It would be really it'd be our honor to have you here. We have some really neat people, all of them who um, are really working on you know evolving themselves and finding happiness, and then paying it forward in service. So count
0: me in. I mean, if I can make it, I will absolutely be there.
1: That'd be terrific. All right, Mo. Thank you very much again. Good luck thank with everything. hoo Yeah. hoo ya, Ollie. Thank you, Mo. <laughs> thank you. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. You take care now. Hoo-yah. All right, folks. Uh, that was Mo Gaudette, author of Solve for Happy, chief business officer at Google X. What an incredible, incredible guy. Uh, let's go check out his book. And um, I think he's got a little countdown counter on solveforhappy.com. So if you find some happiness from that, then then go uh, register or, you know, become one of the one of the 10 million. Awesome. So um, that's it for now. Stay focused. Do your work. um, Level your expectations to expect uh, reasonable things out of life. Don't shy from challenges and uh, avoid those illusions. Get control of your mind. Unbeatable Mind Training is a great place to start, by the way. hoo ya. See you soon. Goodbye now. I only publicly support companies and products that I personally use and have found valuable. So I wanted to tell you about Qualia. Now, I'm not a supplement geek. I don't find them useful if I'm fueling properly. But when it comes to my cognitive strength and brain health, I am excited about the emerging industry of nootropic supplements. I've been testing Qualia designed by my friends at the NeuroHacker Collective, for several months now, and it's on the bleeding edge of nootropic research and has become the one supplement that I won't go without on a daily basis. Qualia stimulates what's called broad-spectrum cognitive enhancement, which involves optimizing multiple cognitive variables simultaneously rather than focusing on a single variable. For example, it brings me greater ability to focus and makes me feel more connected while not diminishing my overall awareness of the environment. I experience a systematic enhancement of my brain's ability to take in and process information without any stimulating effect which would make me feel agitated like caffeine or depleted after the effect wears off. Now, for a busy entrepreneur and athlete like me, it's a no-brainer to invest in my brain health with Qualia. You can get on the Qualia bandwagon with me by visiting neurohacker.com that's N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R.com and use the code UNBEATABLEMIND15R. That's UNBEATABLEMIND15R to get 15% off the life of your order. Trust me on this one. You won't be disappointed with Qualia. Lock it low,
0: boys. Time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleets the bright swinging man of the UDT. Come on, come on, come on.